0: morning, everyone. Um, Before we get started on the uh, millennium part two, there's a couple, if you have uh, last week's handout, uh, there's a few little things at the bottom that I didn't want to forget. They're kind of important points. And basically answering two questions that I put down there on last week's handout. And if you didn't get last week's handout, I've got a couple up here. But we shouldn't be long there. One is when you're talking about it because I know in a lot of the uh, various different approaches to the millennium and the end times, um, <clears throat> two questions have to be asked. One is, did Israel lose the promises? Okay? And question number two is, well, did the church replace Israel? Those are two things that are thought that, that are taught out there in Christianity. Let's answer the first one Let's start with Zechariah chapter 13 Did Israel lose the promises? Let's find out this is Zechariah chapter 13 Verses 8 and 9 Possibly the easiest way to find Zechariah If you're not sure where it is Find Matthew and back up <laughs> Zechariah 13, 8 and 9 And it will come about in all the land, declares the Lord, that two parts in it will be cut off and perish, but the third part will be left in it. And I will bring the third part through the fire, refine them as silver is refined, and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name, and I will answer them, and I will say, they are my people, and they will say, the Lord is my God. Now you put this Passage in context of Zechariah, and we're talking about the tribulation period here. And the next period of time, per the book of Revelation, is the thousand years, right, when Satan is locked up, right? But that's going to happen. let's let's move forward to Luke. Luke 22. And you are those who have stood by me. Now, so this is Jesus speaking to the apostles, right? And you are those who have stood by me in my trials. And just as my Father has granted me a kingdom, I grant I grant you that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and you will sit on the thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So when the kingdom comes, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, the twelve, saying, "In that kingdom you'll be on thrones, and you will be judging the twelve tribes. They make it, don't they? <laughs> I mean, either way what and what when, what the other um interpretations have to do is, is spiritualize this as they do and you have to. you have to allegorize it, spiritualize it, make it say what it's not saying, okay so and then look at Acts chapter one, verse six. And not now we're we're at like we're at the ascension. The Lord is ready to go go up into heaven. Okay, R- return into heaven. <clears throat> so Acts one six says, and so when they had come together, that's Jesus and his disciples. So they had, again post resurrection. He's ready to be. This is you know. Remember, he walked the earth for 40 days and then was ascended? Well, here we are, getting ready to ascend. And so when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? See Everybody was... The was ready, and... and um, and Jesus' response, we'll go ahead and read that, it is not for you to know the times or epics which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you should receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you should be my witness both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the most part of the earth. So, Jesus, this would be the time, if, any, if, if there was ever a time when Jesus says, oh, oh, Israel's done, by the way, this would be the time. There is no, this, is where, this would have been said. But, what he responded is, don't worry about that. It's not you to know the epics of the times. Still, that's still true for us. There is no fixed date. It's going to happen when it happens. And the Lord purposely does not give a fixed date. If you give a fixed date, we'd say, well, if he's not coming in such and such a year, we don't have to do anything till like a week before, you know. That's how, people, <laughs> that's how people would respond to something like that. So uh, it's like, don't worry about stuff like that. And basically what you need to fix your attention to is the fact that the Holy Spirit is coming and you're going to go forth through, the, through all the nations of the world and spread that gospel. That's what you need to fix your attention on. See, that's what Jesus moved him that way. Don't worry about when the kingdom comes. That will all take care of itself. That's all in God's timing. And that's a loose translation of what Jesus was saying. But that's really what he was saying. Don't fret about that. Focus on what you do that's a good lesson for the church you know prophecy is important I mean like what a fourth of the Bible is prophecy of some sort it's it's very important but uh, understand it as best as we can but don't fret about things don't worry about things and what's the church's main focus go ye into all nations right make disciples (laughs) that's our that's our focus That's our focus. And that was from the very beginning. That was the focus of the church right here, even in Acts 1-6. Okay. So I think it's pretty clear by just the, and there's much, much more about this in Scripture, but um, I think Israel did not lose the promise. And we've talked about that already, about the Abrahamic covenant and all that. We talked about that last time. And then did the church replace Israel? Let's look at Romans 11. And... uh, from what we just re- read, I think the obvious answer is no. They didn't. Okay, Romans 11, 25 through 29, very key passage in understanding. Matter of fact, Romans 9, 10, and 11 make it very clear that Israel has a future. I mean, that whole section it, it talks about that. But anyway, 11, 25, 29 says. For I I do not want you, brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own estimation that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Important term there, partial hardening. And it says, until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So it's like, oh, okay, okay. And that hardening is going to end at some point until in the fullness of the end. And verse 20 is, And thus all Israel will be saved, just as is written. The deliverer will come from Zion. He will, remove the un- he, will re- he will remove ungodliness from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. From the standpoint of the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But, from the standpoint of God's choice, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. See, now that's God telling us that those promises to Israel, because their promises are irrevocable. God does not take back. God does not go back on his word. Okay? And so... It's going to happen. And it says, yeah, verse uh, 28. From the standpoint of the gospel, they're enemies for your sake. That means enemies of God. They're not our enemies, okay? It's not saying enemies of the church. (laughs) Don't don't, don't read that. That's not what that's saying at all. Uh, But from the standpoint of God's choice, they are beloved. Why? For the sake of the fathers. Because of the Abrahamic covenant and Davidic covenant. You know, and new covenant back in Jeremiah 31. Because of those covenant promises, for the sake of those promises to the the fathers that have been faithful, even, even take that further back, you take it to Noah and all the way back. Because of those fathers, because of them, for their sakes, if for no other, God is going to remain faithful to all of those promises that are going to come to pass. Yes, matter of fact, look at yeah, Romans 9:27 says and Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, though the number of the sons of Israel are as the sand of the sea, it is the remnant that will be saved. And that remnant is the the remnant of Romans 9:27 is the all of Romans 11:26. And that would include the third that are comes through the tribulation, but also all the saved Jews all the way back all the way back that would apply to you know Abraham Isaac Jacob David all the all the believing and because it's basically you take it all the way back to Adam <laughs> all right that's, that's you go back that far when you're talking this okay um, okay those are those are 144,000 Jewish people that are alive during that tribulation period, and see when we we talked about a little bit already, but if we kind of it's it's I know we talked about a lot of stuff, and it's it's hard to keep it all in the old coconut. And I understand <laughs> it, you overload, Mm-mm, you know. Uh, <laughs> but um, remember, remember the resurrections. You're going to have you're going to have two types of people run around in the, in that kingdom. You're going to have people with resurrection bodies, and you're going to have people with non-resurrection bodies just walk right on in. And they're going to all be in that kingdom. It's going to be a very unique period of time. Okay? And we're going to see that this morning uh, as we get into our Millennium Part 2, which is actually <laughs> today. Okay? So it's it's a totally different time period. than what I mean, you know, and this is where that term uh, dispensations comes from, you know, it, you know, it's just a different period of time and it's going to be uh, two different types of people are going to be in there and it's going to be different than the time we live in gospel doesn't change nothing like that changes but just the, the living conditions will be different so let's look at those living conditions let's start with the first one we know from last time Christ is on the throne and so we're on the we're on the we're now starting the lesson, Volume Part Two. <laughs> Holiness, in other words, righteousness will be restored. Primarily, why? Well, we've got a couple of reasons. The number one reason: Jesus is on the throne, and uh, He will demand nothing less. One twenty-five through twenty-seven. I will also turn my hand against you, and I will and I will smelt away your dross. As with lie, and I will and and will remove all your alloy. Then I will restore your judges as the first, and your counselors as at the beginning. And after that, you will be called the city of righteousness, a faithful city. And Zion will be redeemed with justice, and her repentant ones with righteousness. Isaiah is a interesting book. Isaiah again. Now, when you to understand the scope of prophecy and to get things in decent order and everything, we've already seen how key Daniel is to that, and also Zechariah. They take the the story of it and just lay it out to where we can we can follow it. Okay, Isaiah is a totally different approach. He's he's giving warnings. He's warning the nation from chapter, I mean, chapter 1. Um, it says, uh, verse 4, chapter 1, verse 4 says, Alas, sinful nation, people weighted down with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, sons who act corruptly. They have abandoned the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away from Him. And it, verse 11 says, um what are you, He says. What are your multiplied sacrifices to me? Says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams, of fat and fed cattle, <clears throat> and I take no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs or goats. And then verse thirteen says, Bring your worthless offerings no longer. I mean, God's upset with them, and this is Isaiah's warning them. And Isaiah predicts all throughout, judgment is coming, judgment is coming. You better repent. Judgment's coming, 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 coming. But interspersed through that whole book. And Jeremiah is this, similar. Interspersed, though, like right here in 1, 25, 27, or 6, and 7, he's saying, but there is a better day coming. It's out there. It's a, there's a day coming when Israel will be brought back. Uh, the warnings here today, the day that Isaiah was giving, that wasn't the day, obviously. In fact, that day still has not come. That day still has not come. But let's look at uh, Isaiah 4, 3 and 4. And it will come about that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. Everyone who was rec- recorded for life in Jerusalem. When the Lord has, has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the bloodshed of Jerusalem for her, from her midst by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. So again, they will one day be purged and brought back into a state of righteousness. And one of the big um, accomplishments of the tribulation period is that final purging of the nation and judgment on the world itself. But see how that? Let's look at the, let's look at Zephaniah. We haven't we haven't dealt with him yet. If you if you hit Habakkuk, you're right next door. If you hit Zachariah, you back up. Or you can just uh, sit and listen. Zephaniah 3.11-13 says, In that day you will feel no shame because of all your deeds by which you have rebelled against me. Does that sound familiar? Again, see, Zephaniah, again, is one of those prophets. It's warning, 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 warning. <clears throat> um, for then I will remove for then I will remove from your midst your proud exalting ones, and you will never again be haughty on my holy mountain. <clears throat> but I will leave but I will leave among you a humble and lowly people, and they will take refuge in the name of the Lord. Again, the remnant there it is again, the remnant of Israel will do no wrong and tell no lies, nor will a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth, for they shall feed they shall feed and lie down with no one to make them tremble. Again, well, that talks about a lot of conditions. there, And one of them is they're going to be living in peace, which I've got a whole section for that. But um, again, um, we don't need to go on any further than that. But again, holiness, righteousness is by order of the day. And the, Israel will be a holy, righteous nation. We're going to see that if we, uh, by the time we get to the end of this. Now, I'm going to move on to the next one, true justice. We can go back to Isaiah for this again, and again, it's talking about the. I stayed in Isaiah most of the time, name it just to keep it simple. Isaiah talks a lot about it, you know. But his his discussion of the kingdom and the kingdom conditions is interspersed throughout his warnings and predictions of impending judgment. Okay, they're mixed in. Um, so, just as Isaiah nine seven. It says, speaking of uh, the Messiah and his kingdom, there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. And so we move forward to chapter 11, which is another chapter in Isaiah that discusses that future kingdom. We'll look at verses 3 to 5 that says, and this is speaking about Christ. We know that because then a shoot will, verse 1 says, a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse and a branch from the roots to bear fruit. Okay, that's speaking of the Lord. That's that's Christ. 11, now, verses 3 to 5 say, he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. But with righteousness, he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the afflicted will of the earth and he, he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips and he will slay the wicked. Also, righteousness will be the belt about his loins and faithfulness, the belt about his waist. So, again, all that's coming in truth, righteousness. They're all going to be there. That is the and then chapter 42 of Isaiah 42, 1 through 4 says this <clears throat> Behold, my servant, which is a reference to Christ here, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him, he will bring forth justice to all the nations. He will not cry out or raise his voice, nor make his voice heard in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will, he will not be disheartened nor crushed until he has established justment in the earth, and the coastlands will wait expectantly for his law. Isn't that really kind of the truth today? Everybody just wishes, can't we just... Everybody get fair, be treated fairly. How often do you hear that on the news? Just treat us fairly, treat us fairly. Okay. Well, there is a judge coming that will rule this earth and will treat everybody fairly. Whether they like it or not. (laughs) With justice. (laughs) And another thing, with the holiness of God and true justice, the glory of God will be manifested in this kingdom. The glory of God will be seen throughout the earth. Let's, again, Isaiah, let's uh, 24. Isaiah 24, 23. been backing up and moving forward. Isaiah 24, 23. It says Then the moon will be abashed and the sun ashamed, for the Lord of hosts will reign on Mount Zion in Jerusalem, and his glory will be before his elders. And then verse 35. Or chapter, excuse me, chapter 35, verse 2 says, I'll pick up verse 1 because the living conditions are going to change in a lot of ways. The wilderness and the desert will be glad, and the Arabah will rejoice and blossom like the crocus, which is a flower. <clears throat> it will blossom profusely and rejoice with rejoicing and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They will see. They will see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. I mean, it's going to be visible, with Him being there, and the whole surroundings is going to be manifest of the glory of God. You know, it's like the heavens are <clears throat> a manifestation of His handiwork. This whole earth, see, the, the earth is going to be rejuvenated. It's not. Okay, it's not the new heaven and new earth, but it's going to be upgraded back to those, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, uh, to where the uh, of the effects of the curse are lifted. Okay, so it's going to be, the, the living conditions are going to be much like that when uh, the time of the, the Garden of Eden or maybe just when it came out, of, you know people lived a long time and things went well. It's going to be more like the Garden of Eden except without the garden. It just, we'll see as we get there. Anyway, I got ahead of myself a little bit. But And we've already seen peace and joy. Let's go down to the removal of the effects of the curse. Let's look at the, the animal kingdom. And a lot of these are going to be covered because they, they, a lot of this stuff is repeated a lot. So let's look at... the. Isaiah 11, Isaiah 11, six through eight says, and the wolf will dwell with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little boy will lead them. Also the cow and the bear will graze. That's interesting. Their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox, and the nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra, and the wean child will put his hand on the viper's den. He goes on to say they will not hurt or destroy. So, living, see, even the animal kingdom is altered. See, things are different. Look at uh, Isaiah sixty-five, twenty-five. Again, you can see the change. It's like everybody becomes a herbivore all of a sudden, right? The wolf and the lamb shall graze together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And dust shall be the serpent's food. Now well, the serpent didn't get any slack cut from everybody else. They shall they shall do no they shall do no evil nor harm and. and in in all my holy mountains, says the Lord. As probably as a reminder, you know. <laughs> but even the even the snakes, you know, they, they're gonna be sucking dust, but they won't be biting people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a little technical term there. <laughs> and we move forward here, and sickness is I think literally pretty much removed. Isaiah thirty three twenty four, 24. And this is talking about believers. Okay? And no resident will say, I am sick. The people who dwell there will be forgiven their iniquity. Then not it kind of remind you at the end of James, if anyone is sick, Call for the elders. They'll anoint them with oil. And what does it say after that? If they have the prayer, the prayer right? that they have. In, if they have any sin, that they might be forgiven. See, sickness and sin, the connection, the connection, and so right. And the resident; those are the believers, the residents of the kingdom, right. And then now various, again, and along that same line, various afflictions, too, will be healed. I kind of think this is going in early on. But anyway, <clears throat> Isaiah 29, 17 says, uh, Is it not yet just a little while before Lebanon will be turned into a fertile field and a fertile field will be considered as a forest? And on that day the The Deaf shall hear words of a book, and out of their and out of their gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind shall see the afflicted also shall increase their gladness in the Lord, and the needy of mankind shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. Things have changed when the kingdom comes, all these folks everything gets better to all these things get better um <clears throat> And look at Isaiah 35, says essentially the same thing, 35-2. No, 35-3, excuse me, 3-6. Encourage the exhausted and strengthen the feeble. Say to those with anxious heart, take courage, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. The, <clears throat> the recompense of God will come, but he will save you. The eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb will shout for joy. For waters will break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the Arabah, which is another term for desert. So there you have it. And also, this these, this passage here is also referred to in the New Testament as the sign of Messiah, Christ. You know, remember when the, the disciples of John, you know, John sent his disciples to talk to Jesus. As, uh, remember, John being in prison for like a year. You know, like, hey, <laughs> you know, everybody's expecting the kingdom when Messiah comes. Whoa, are you the one or do we look for somebody else? Remember he remember he, said, he got, had his guys ask that question? And he says, You go tell them what you've seen, how the the lame walk, the sight the, the blind receive their sight, and so forth and so on. See, that was all signs of the Messiah. Messiah was going to be, when Messiah comes, he was going to heal people. The same is going to be true. That's also going to be true when he sets up his kingdom. Anybody, any people that come into that kingdom are also at that point going to be healed and taken care of, because that's what Messiah does. That's what it's like to live in his kingdom. Okay. And then Micah, will, in Micah 4, says basically essentially the same thing. Now, longer lifespans. Let's look at Isaiah 65. Longer lifespans. Isaiah 65, verse 17. It says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness. I will also rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people, and there will no longer be heard in her the voice of weeping and the sound of crying. No longer will there be... If an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his days, for the youth will die at the age of 100. <laughs> okay, if you die at 100, you consider dying as a, as a kid. You're, you're just a oh, child. <laughs> okay. uh, and the one who does not reach the age of 100 shall be thought accursed. Well, in those living, now that's earthly living conditions. Now that's not, that's not we're not talking about saved people dying. Remember, there's a lot of unsaved folks out there and that's why he's ruling with a rod of iron. You don't have to, you don't need to rule with a rod of iron over a bunch of regenerated people. Okay? Um, and so, if somebody dies at 100, you'll be thought, hey, woo, boy, what'd that guy do wrong? You know. <laughs> so that's that's to be the thought of the day because that will be a strange event when people die that young. Alright? Now, one thing I know, a question I had when I first saw this, the new heaven and new earth. Now, the word new heaven and new earth in 17 that we just read there is is new as, but it's got that new referring to, is being held in contrast to what was said in the previous passage that we didn't read. New heaven and new earth is contrast with the past troubles and the former things. Let's pick it up in verse 16 of Isaiah 65. Because he who is blessed in the earth shall be blessed by God of, the God of truth. And he who swears in the earth shall swear by the God of truth. Because the former troubles are forgotten, but because they are hidden from my sight. For behold, I have created new heavens and new earth. The former way of life, existence on earth, Like the existence we are having right here and right now, is going to be different in the millennium. Things are going to be much better. Remember, the desert is going to blossom like a rose or crocus, whatever you feel. Things are going to have. Remember that the topography is going to be changed. Water is going to flow out of Jerusalem to the to the oceans to the to the both seas, the Mediterranean and the Dead Sea, and just things that's going to be lush and green and nice. People live a long life. It's new in that sense. And why we know it's not the new heaven and new earth per Revelation 21 and following is because right here in verse 20 where it says, For the youth will die at the age of 100. There's not going to be any death in the new heaven and new earth. That's the final heaven and earth. Oh, verse 17, it says, I will create a new heaven and new earth is referring to actually the kingdom, the millennial kingdom because it's going to be new, it's in a new, it's it's new in that it's improved. Remember, it's changed. When we saw that, a, gosh, two or three weeks ago. Remember when we were reading through the, uh, remember the bowl judgments where that bowl, that monster earthquake came and just changed the topography of the world? And the next thing you know, when Christ comes back in Zechariah, that, you know, he starts this Mount of Olives splits and he stands on the Mount of Olives and then a river comes up out of there. Okay, things change and that's the beginning of the change and, and the millennial kingdom, is it's all different. It's a different period of time in a different way God is working through, working to and with mankind. Because we know at the end of the millennium, which will be a, a, a mention in a future lesson, at the end, of remember, Satan is... Confined right now That's one of the reasons too That is going to be A lot less sinning going on Satan will be Bound up Satan and his demons Aren't going to be running loose Like they are Now Right Yeah because a thousand years You can produce a lot of children Especially in perfect conditions Or near perfect conditions And that's what's going on The earth is going to be um, Repopulated Repopulated um, And there'd be a pretty rapid uh, rate. Matter of fact, that's one of the list, one of my uh, next points down here. Also, in that, um, does everybody see what that the difference though? The new heaven and new earth mentioned here in Isaiah—it's new as compared to the former things. Okay, and so it's a new and improved earth in that sense. Up, it's upgraded, updated. But not perfect. It's, I'd say near perfect. Living conditions are as good as the world has really ever... It's as good as the sinful world has ever seen. <laughs> Let's put it that way. You know, you, it, it can't be as good as the, the garden was prior to sin. But, um, but one thing, um, like I say, Satan is bound up. He's, he's out of the picture for a while. That whole kingdom era, he's out of the picture. People will, people. Uh, uh, yeah. Everybody that walks into that kingdom, from again, there's two two kinds of people in that kingdom. Those like us and the resurrected Jews. Their resurrected bodies, and then you have those that remember the sheep and the goat judgment. You have those that. Uh, uh, Came to faith and survived. They walk right on in, and they will have children, and generations will follow. You know, again, thousand years with, with great living conditions. Um, you know, like the deserts and so forth blossoming like the rose, and uh, things just going great guns. I mean, things are great. Is going to be a very fruitful time? Um, I don't. I. I I'm confident he has zero control over us, but he does have influence over us. So when he's bound, he has less influence, which means we. is it because he's bound that we, there, will, there will be less sin? I believe that's one of the reasons, yes. And there's going to be a whole bunch of saved people running around on earth doing the, doing the bidding of Christ. Uh, you're going to have all the redeemed of Israel that are risen from the dead, and then all the redeemed of Israel, all the redeemed of the tribulation period. Remember, they're risen from the dead. I believe at the same time with the Old Testament saints, and then you've got the Church Age saints that'll be doing something. Um, we know that the twelve apostles are going to be sitting on there. They'll, they'll be the judges. I think that they were that Scripture's talking about. You'll be judging the twelve tribes, you apostles. So. We're going. We're all going to have functions. there doing something. We don't know what. Not a lot of detail. We just know that we will. Remember, it says we will reign. It says we will reign with Christ forever and ever and ever. Well, this millennial kingdom is the first thousand years of forever and ever and ever. Okay, and then we from there it it's going to. Uh, remember, we go to Peter. we it talking about the earth is going to be consumed with fire, and then you get then this one. This one, this earth will be totally gone. And then you get a brand new heaven and earth and a new Jerusalem, come, you know. That's when all that happens. Are we going to be running around little, like little glowing little moonbeams or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, I figure our, our resurrected body is going to be just like Christ's resurrected body. And he looked like a normal human being. Remember, they didn't recognize him. He didn't, he didn't walk around glowing in the dark. Okay? Now, he did have the ability to just... Like appear. I or and then leave without using the door. Okay? <laughs> so now are we gonna have that same function? Possibly. Possibly. Where you can all of a sudden be uh be in Applegate and you know like the snap your fingers all of a sudden you're in Tucson or something. I mean, you know <laughs> You mean on the Mount of Transfiguration where they recognize Moses and Elijah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I think that's going to be like that too. Where um, we're also, I think, in that period of time, going to have a recognition of people. I mean, Peter, Peter, James, and John did not know; they never met Moses and Elijah, but they recognized them. You know, unless they had the little Sunday school, "Hello, my name is" name tags. You know, that was a revelation, Showing Peter, James, and John. Yeah, they showed him. They gave. They were there speaking, and then then all of a sudden he like, pulled, the, the term is pulled back his flesh so he could see the glory of it. They got a glimpse, just a glimpse of the glory of God. And I'm getting a glimpse of the clock. So we'll go ahead. These you can read on your own. They're very, uh, the only one I want to deal with next week um, was Divine Protection, That speaks for itself. The earth's population will increase. You can read those and then next week we'll talk about the um, uh, in the millennium will the offspring of Israel be saved. That's an important question that we need to deal with. So we'll, we'll pick it up there and then go into the millennium part three and hopefully that'll be the final part. <laughs> and we'll close now. Heavenly Father we thank you Lord for this time together and we thank you Lord that you're in control of this whole thing. And again, Lord, we, again, we just thank you for the grace you've extended to us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. amen.